listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny, and today we have Lori back again. Hi, Lori. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Um, today... We are on episode 82, and we are talking about a little-known game called Trubberbrook. If you haven't heard of this game, it makes sense. I don't think a lot of people have. It's an indie game that was developed by Head Head Up Games, and it was really like a Kickstarter back in 2017 that gained just enough traction to be able to actually produce the game. And then it was released in 2019 on the PS4, the Switch, the Xbox One, Steam, and a couple other things that it was released for. I think it came out like on a disc and stuff too. Uh, We picked it up... Recently on mobile, right? Oh, it was released recently on mobile? Probably. I didn't I didn't notice that, but it makes sense. This game is so obscure that it doesn't even have a wiki uh, Wikipedia page. I think it does. It has but a fan but it's in German. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I came across it on Macari when I was looking for like games to buy. Right. And I came across it and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And it was like, what, ten dollars, I think. Sure. So so yeah, and then you played it, yeah, and you thought that it was pretty good. So then I played it, and we we specifically for this month, we needed something a little bit shorter, something that I could just play and get done with. And because you had already beat the game, I thought, well, shoot, I'll pick this one up and I'll play it on the side, so that you know, because we had some vacation time that we had set up, and it was a lot harder to play something a little more involved. So this is what we came up with, was this this little indie game. I ended up putting like eight and a half hours on it. I, I was going to look and see exactly how many hours it was, but I think it was like around eight. Mine was probably about that, too. Yeah. So this game is a, uh, I said it before, it's an indie game. It's fairly well presented. <laughs> and it starts off pretty well. Um, but it's basically a point-and-click adventure game slash point-and-click puzzle game. So you go around this town, and you're clicking on items and collecting items and using those items to activate other items to be able to progress. But while you're playing this game, there is quite an extensive story, and I'm going to do my best to go over the story, um... But for all of those hardcore Troublebrook fans, forgive me if there are plot holes. But I mean, there's plot holes in it anyway, so (laughs) it's kind of hard to, I don't know. You'll see. You gotta say it with the accent. Troublebrook. There you go. (laughs) So, um, the game starts off and you're playing as Hans um, Tannhauser, who is this uh, physicist student from america he won a lot what go ahead did you know that he was in his 20s i did know that he does not look like he's in his 20s i think it's because the game is set in like the 70s it's like late 60s late 60s 67 oh it's just i to me i it seemed like he was like late 30s or 40s yeah like he would be out of physicist like (laughs) college or like wherever was, they go i was surprised to know that fact that he was like a student in he his was 20s. younger yeah sorry it's ahead. okay <laughs> um he he wins a lottery and is able to visit the town of Trubberbrook, it which is a small village in west germany um he makes his adventure to Trubberbrook uh via bus And it's this long, winding road up the hill to get to the bus stop. And um, when you land, you find out that... When you land, you find out that you're thousands of miles away from the nearest town. So this is really kind of a remote little village in the middle of nowhere. Um, His first night in town... He wakes up to someone rifling through his things, and when he gets up to look, the guy has fled. 
Uh, he kind of chases after him a little bit, noticing that his notes are missing from his bag, um, his physicist notes. And uh, he does chase after the guy on foot. The guy is leaving behind this, like, tr- these tracks of goo. And as you're following these tracks of goo, you run into uh, Gretchen, who is a paleoanthropology student. Um, they're studying the ancient ritual sites of ancient German people or something. Uh, but she agrees to help you track down this guy in exchange for you. Uh, I don't know, I guess, cause she, I guess she's going to the same place that you're going to anyway. Um, which is you're tracking down this, you're tracking down these tracks that lead to a mine and, Gretchen wants to go to this mine anyway, so they team up to head to this mine. So Gretchen s- stays back, and she is, like, working on the um, the cable car. And you go back to town to hunt for the, um, the equipment for that cable car to be able to go use the cable car to go to the mines. In any case... Uh, when you find all the pieces and you get the car working again, they use clothes hangers to, (laughs) they use clothes hangers to slide their way on the cable car to the other side. However, Hans falls off the, the cable and falls into the valley below where he wakes up in a sanitarium and he is questioned and interviewed by a doctor. I can't really give you any rhyme or reason to what you're doing there other than this doctor is trying to find out if you're human or not. And when he's satisfied with the answers that you give him, he says, oh yeah, you're human, and then lets you walk out the door. And that's pretty much all there is to that. I mean, there's a lot of like puzzle stuff that you do in there too. It's not just, but like story-wise, that's it. Like, you walk in there, he says, oh yeah, you're human, and then you leave. Um, When you leave, you make your way to the mines, where you find your way down to where Gretchen is, and you're confronted with a huge metal door. You have to solve a puzzle to open the door, the door opens up, and you find this, this scientific lab facility that is being run by an automated system called Barbarossa. He's like he's like an AI running this facility, this science lab. Uh, but he won't gain you access to the actual lab room unless he knows you. <laughs> but Hans is able to convince him that he's a friend. Helps uh, Barbarossa, like, change his computer chips or something. And then they gain access to the main room, which, upon entering, Gretchen immediately notices and calls out that it's the, the Saturn portal. It's this, like, large hexagonal machine off to the side. Next to the machine, there's a man who's kind of working on it. Uh, But as soon as Gretchen walks up to the machine, she pulls out a gun and forces you, Hans, and the man out of the room. As soon as you guys get out of the room, she locks the door. She shoots Barbarossa first off and locks the door, sealing her inside so that you and this new guy are not can't get back into the room with this uh, Saturn portal. Um, Hans gets a chance to talk to the stranger, and he finds out that his name is uh, Lazarus 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 Toft Taft Taft. (laughs) Um, The portal is called the Saturn Portal, um, and it links to other galaxies and other realities. Basically, it's a portal to other dimensions. the lab that was built there was built by the Millennium Corp and Taft came into the world through that portal. Um, and at some point something with went wrong with that portal where the people, the, the Millennium Corp abandoned the site and took Taft with them. Um, however, 
Taft really needs to be able to get home because his cells in his body are starting to decay from spending too much time outside of his own dimension. So he's in desperate need of getting the the Saturn portal up and running again so he can get back to his own world. Um, Taft was the one who crafted this lottery that got Hans into Troublebrook to begin with and really needs uh, Taft's notes to be able to reconstruct a uh, a device called the quantum discriminator to be able to accurately calculate the dimension coordinates to be able to get Taft home. So essentially it's like a remote control for the portal. Um, Hans agrees to help um, and they take Taft back to Hans's room and they start working on a plan to build this quantum discriminator uh, using what Taft knows about the machine and what Hans knows about quantum physics. And they come up with a rough outline of what the machine looks like, but Hans has to go around town to find the remaining four pieces. Once you go around town, you spend a lot of... This is like half of the game, really, is you spend a lot of time talking to people, collecting all these pieces, and then you head back to... um, You head back to to the lab with the quantum discriminator. And... Um, you gain access to the to the Saturn portal room by like flipping a switch in that room somehow that just works. I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> um, they confront Gretchen, who is working really hard to get this machine up and running again, and it's darn near ready to go. Um, so the problem the, the biggest problem is that this machine, if it's not calculated right, the whole world will melt down when it's trying to be used. So this whole like building this device was a big problem or was a was a key reason why Hans wanted to help mainly because if Gretchen did this wrong she would destroy the world. And when the when the guys confront Gretchen she really don't she doesn't care. She she had lost her mom to the portal years ago. She, her mom was part of the Millennium Corporate co- Cooperative, and I I guess she must have went through the portal at some point because Gretchen wants to go through that portal to find her. Um, Gretchen has built some sort of AI outside of Barbarossa named Dolores. And um, she sets Dolores to uh, basically finalize the coordinates for the machine to be able to work. And while this is happening, she attacks Taft with... She has, like, a weird machine on her back that she uses to, like, pick Taft up and, like, shake him to death or something. (laughs) In the meantime, Hans grabs the quantum discriminator and activates the portal... And using that same quantum discriminator, he teleports Gretchen to the portal entrance and then turns on a computer where Barbarossa like flies down a conveyor belt, hitting Gretchen in the head and Gretchen falls into the, into the portal and is gone. Um, Taft is then saved because obviously Gretchen's gone now. And Taft goes to the portal to leave, to go to his home, but offers Hans to go with. And you kind of have this option if you want to go with him or if you want to stay behind in your world. And it not much changes depending on what you pick. I did go back and I did both. Um, If you choose to go with him, Hans like has a moment of kind of saying goodbye to the world that he'll probably be back and then goes off into the portal and you don't see him again. Uh, If you choose to stay, Barbarossa kind of has a little thank you for staying my friend. And then that's it. Like the game just ends and that's it. (laughs) Like that's, that's the whole game. Um, There's what, what did you think about the story? Larry? You know, what's funny is 
if Taft was coming into our world or whatever and he was melting, wouldn't that happen the other way around? Like he offered he offered Hans to go with him, but then wouldn't Hans like de- degrade in, in the other realm? <laughs> yes. There are lots of plot holes with this game, yes. <laughs> I have several questions that are very similar to that, like what the heck was with the sanitarium and the doctor thing? I I don't think it was <laughs> just like a piece to Yeah, throw it was in just there. like an extra thing to do. I don't know. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe it's possible. Um also Gretchen at some point has this like line of dialogue where she says there's only enough room, there's only enough power left in the portal for for one more. And then she goes through the portal and then Taft goes through the portal and then Hans goes through the portal. So like obviously that wasn't true. I don't know, the whole thing was kind of confusing. Yeah. Like they tried to do this like huge science fiction story. Yeah, and it's like it just it wasn't quite there. It wasn't adding up right. Yeah, yeah. It's like there just wasn't enough mystery. Like that's it, there wasn't enough there to like. <laughs> it, it just it didn't it didn't fully make sense. Like they were there doing this thing, but it was like, yeah, like I kind of understood the urgency with like the machine melting down, but even that, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the world was kind of shaking or tremors <laughs> or something important. Like I feel like that there was things that they could have done to increase that urgency. Like when you're building the quantum discriminator, you have to collect four major pieces. Well- there was there was some weird things that happened, like, there was that time that you were back in the town and everybody was, like, statues. Yeah, you well, you fell through the portal, right? You fall, well, while you're, while Gretchen's, like, there and attacking Taft, um, at one point Hans goes through the portal and he's in the town square and everyone's, like, mannequins or something, and then he knocks over Gretchen's statue and then teleports back to the real world and her, like, barrier's gone. <laughs> like, it, from a story perspective, it makes no sense. From a gameplay perspective, it's like, well, here's a bunch of puzzle stuff to do to fill, you know, to make it puzzly, to fill time. You know, to, to make it seem like you're doing something. I, I feel like there's something there that we're just not quite understanding what they wanted to say. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That it was kind of lost in either translation or it was lost in their storytelling abilities. Yeah. <laughs> um, at one point there's a lady at the weather station and she, <laughs> she, when you're done talking to her, she just floats away. She just floats away on a helium on a weather balloon. Like she just grabs the balloon. And she's like, "Well, I gotta go see this," and then flies away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the biggest question mark for me was there's this void that Hans travels to between each chapter. And, like, you're walking, it's like this big dark room, and you're just, like, walking around, and people are saying stuff, but nothing makes a whole lot of sense, and then you just, like, wake up and you're in the next chapter. And it's almost like, at at one point, he talks to Taft about it, and Taft describes it as, that's the state that your mind goes into when you're transporting between dimensions so i i don't know why hans would be experiencing that outside of being in the portal anyway i don't know it was weird it didn't make sense (laughs) A, a lot of pieces didn't make sense i while researching this story i kind of had this funny thought like what if hans when he used the coat hanger to slide to the mines and he fell, maybe he like hit his head and is like, I don't know, like in a mental institution 
and his brain is playing these tricks on him and everything from that point on is like his delusions you know <laughs> i don't know i like i can't <laughs> because the game gets really weird after yeah, that yeah. and so like it kind of makes sense that like i don't know maybe yeah uh Although he couldn't have been completely sane if he was going to use a coat hanger to slide on a cable car, but that's just me. <laughs> or accept a lottery ticket that he didn't enter. Right, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like when you when he first shows up, he's like, "Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm I won this lotto. I don't remember entering it though. Like, isn't that a red flag? Like, yeah. hmm, if I got an email saying, "Hey, you won this lottery." I'd be like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> So, what did you give it for story, Lori? I gave it a four. You gave it a four? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, I gave it an eight. I was just, I was too confused. <laughs> I gave it an eight because, yeah, it, there was a lot of holes, but, like, I was following along okay. Like, I kind of understood the directions they were going and, like, the the plot twist with Gretchen being this surprise, Gretchen's a bad guy thing. Because, like, up until that point, you were working with Gretchen, and there was a lot of dialogue with her about, you know, her being in Germany to research these ancient sites, and, you know, like, she had a lot of backstory, and you kind of got to know her, and then there was this big twist, and now she's crazy, and she's pointing guns at everyone, and, you know, it's, it, it was supposed to be this big plot twist, you know. I don't know, I just, I felt like the story... In the grand scheme of things, the story wasn't terrible. So I did give it an, an, an 8. But a 4 is valid, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Uh, graphics. Unless you're not done with story. No, okay. Good to go. Graphics. I thought the world looked really pretty. Mm -hmm. Everything was really well designed. Yeah. The characters looked really good. Um. Do you got anything? <laughs> Do you got anything? To... Well, what'd you give it? Oh, I gave it a 9. I give it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, the textures and the sets were really, really pretty. Um, the way that, I, I mean, the way that they designed them, you know, they, the team was known for building these miniature models and that's what they did with this game. You know, they built these miniatures and it really, it really looked real. You know, the, the backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. It looked real without looking too real right right like it didn't it didn't look like a photograph overlaid but it, it looked like a really well done model yeah yeah um i liked how many objects there were to interact with yeah um and a lot of them had something like like the crows you would interact with the tree and the crows would show up and you'd interact with the sign and the crows would show up it was really nice to see how many items you could interact with. Even and if they didn't have any, like, direction to the story. Like, yeah, right. I mean, like, in the hotel, you can look at all the pictures on the wall. Yeah, yep. And, like, you don't really have to, but they're there for you to look at. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of other hidden items in this that maybe if we used a microscope and really looked at everything, you might be able to find more story, more links to everything. Like the book that's in his room, you can interact with that. And there's a bunch of like logs yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, there's like a, there's a patient list inside the sanitarium that you could look through and maybe gleam more information out of that. But the reality is there's stuff to look at and a lot of detail put into this. So it's like, you know, from from a graphical perspective, it's a lot of work to yeah. put in, you know? Yeah. When you made a change in this world, it was usually permanent, which I really respected. Like, when you put the blanket down for the cat fox that was in the tree for that one random puzzle, like, the blanket stayed in the boat. <laughs> Just, like, the little things that stayed when you changed them. I liked the gas station scene. Yeah, that the was gas really station. pretty, like the opening scene. Yeah. So when you first start the game, you're you kind of are given a tutorial and you're in this like real small area where Gretchen rolls up on a motorcycle and she's run out of gas and her engine's overheating and she goes into the gas station that's closed and this gas station looks like it's floating through space. 
And it's just, it's such a beautiful background, and you walk in, and it's kind of a gross, it, like, it just fits the atmosphere of yeah. this, like, run-down gas station. Okay. I like that. Um, there were a few special effects that looked really good, too. The Northern Lights. Yeah, the Northern Lights was one. Um, the, the portal, the way that the portal, like, shimmered and lightning bolts, yeah. and it looked really good. Um... The the only thing that I could say that was bad necessarily was not everything had clear depth. So as you're walking around in the world, you don't really know where items are because you have yeah. no sense of depth. I had like the worst time going up and down those stairs because <laughs> they were yep. so like, it's it's like they they were kind of a spiral, but they weren't. <laughs> So like they were made it was like they were designed to be messy. Yeah. But it was really it was really hard to walk down yeah. on. Yeah. Now I do want to say that we played the Switch version. Yeah. And it looks like in the PC version you could just point and click and Hans will just walk to that to that location. So maybe in our game it doesn't play quite as well as like the PC versions yeah. would. Um so, you know, something to think about there. But again, this is our experience with the game, so, you know. I didn't really like the character designs. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't I, know. Just, I felt like they looked good. They looked okay for the... for. But you just didn't like the, the artistic aesthetic. style. I, they looked fine for the aesthetic of the game, but I just didn't really like the artistic style of sure. them. Um, and I also didn't like that you never really got anything close up. Like, it was all just the scenes. Yeah. Like, if there was anything, like, major happening, you didn't really get a close-up of the character. It was just <laughs> the same scene. Yeah. Just there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have any other negatives, though. Uh, You want to move on to gameplay? Sure. I'm going to say I gave gameplay a four. A four? I gave it a four. What? It was just, it was clunky at best. I, I gave it a six. Okay. And I said the same thing. It was very clunky. Yeah. <laughs> it it was hard to move around. And it was pro it would probably be easier with a mouse. Agreed. On the, on the PC. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, control-wise, you have one, one, on the Switch, you have one stick that moves Hans around. You have another stick that moves like a cursor around, and then the buttons are used to interact with the items after you've after you've hovered over them with your cursor. So you can move Hans around, or and or you can click on items in the world, and Hans will just automatically walk up to them. And a lot of times that was easier than trying to move Hans yourself was to just kind of click on items and he'll automatically move there. Mm -hmm. But then you have to sit through dialogue if there was dialogue on that I item did, or whatever. I did that once. I clicked on the stairs to go upstairs in the hotel and he automatically started walking that way, except he got stuck in the television. Oh no. And he, I couldn't do anything. I had to reset my game because oh, he was stuck goodness. in, stuck running at the television. <laughs> I didn't have any problems <laughs> like that. Um, That's the only problem I had. The stairway that you were talking about in the basement of the hotel, um, I was walking up it, and just as I started to see the, the doorway, because I was coming from the bottom, so I was walking up the stairs. As soon as I could see the top of the doorway, I would click on that and tell Hans to go through the doorway, and he just walked up the stairs no problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, no issues whatsoever. <laughs> now, me trying to navigate him down the stairs with the, the stick... With the analog stick, he was, like, running into walls yeah. and getting stuck on the stairs, yeah. and it was just a mess. Um, aside from that, um, the gameplay was weird. Like, the... I, I was joking, but, like... <laughs> like, oh, man, I need a key... I, I need to be able to open the TV to get the tube out... But I'm gonna need an I or I need a special item. Well, that item, in my mind, would be a screwdriver. But no, in reality, it's like a toothbrush or it's a rubber duck <laughs> that you need to fill up with water and then squirt at the TV. And you know, it's just like yeah. the most random solutions for some a of lot these of, things. A lot of them didn't make sense at all. At all. At like, all. Why am I doing this? Well, this and you're picking up items. and You're like, what am I gonna need? Like, I picked up the. Uh, 
the dragon floatable or no was it a dragon was it a dinosaur i don't remember it was a dinosaur yeah the little floaty thing yeah and i picked this up and i'm like what the heck am i gonna use this for and like every now and then it would show up in the menu as like use this item here and then you go to use it and hans is like oh you silly i can't use this here it's like why is this an option then I mean, you do end up using just about every item in the game, so it's like you're not picking up useless items, and your inventory is more or less infinite, so it's not like you're at some point not going to be able to pick something up. But as you're walking around, you're picking up stuff, and you're like, what am I going to need this for? Like, why am I? Why would I pick this up? However, on the flip side, there are some items you can't interact with unless you know that you need to interact with it. Like, unless you've had that dialogue of someone saying, oh, I need I need something to fill with helium. Then you can go and you can find the item or whatever. That's not a perfect ex- example, but that's, <laughs> no, I- that's kind of the idea behind it. It's like you won't be able to interact with something unless you know you need to enter unless the game has told you you need to interact or, you know with it. when you when you get a pair of boots and you think oh i can just wear these boots to wade across the water no you can't you need another piece to wade across you, the water. you need you need a trash can trash lid can- times two, two trash can lids <laughs> one for each shoe. <laughs> why why would i need trash can lids to walk across water makes no sense no <laughs> sense just and and the clothes hangers <laughs> like you specifically have to so okay when i was playing you activate the cable car and hans is like hey the cable car is working but there's no car here i'm gonna have to improvise and it's like okay so do i need to construct a cable car so i went down to like the boat there's like a little uh a little dinghy boat that you could use this or that like, you can interact with. This is like the first major like, right. puzzle thing that you're doing. So you don't realize how ridiculous right. everything is. By the end of the game, you're like, I mean, this could be used for any- this rubber duck. I could use this for anything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the beginning of the game, you're trying to think logically yeah. and it just doesn't work yeah. here. Like I was looking at the boat thinking, well, maybe I got to carry the boat up to the, you know, the cable car and then like attach it to the cable car. Nope. All you needed was a couple clothes hangers. Makes total sense. <laughs> I'm just going to grab my clothes hangers and just slide. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just ridiculous. Some of the things that you had to do. Um, uh, The weather station. Again, not the lady floating away on the helium. That was hilarious. But the weather station in itself just like shows up on the map. Like there is no... There is no rhyme or reason to it being there. Until you need that piece. Right. Yeah. It's like you go down, you're down kind of by the water, by the bus stop, and then you have this like hallucination thing that happens. Oh, it's I think you're like drunk or something, right? And you have this hallucination of the, it, it it's winter, and there's this lady who's walking through... And then she like vanishes and then it's not winter anymore. And that's all you see. And you're like, what was that about? And then like you spend, you know, four hours trying to figure out what the (laughs) heck you need to do next. And then you randomly happen to look at your map and there's like one new piece of land that you can go to that you teleport to. You don't even walk there. You just teleport there. (laughs) So it's like. There could have been some hint that, hey, you need to go somewhere new. Like. There was another spot where, in the later game, where they had the the crazy guy in the treehouse. And he, like, he runs off screen. So you kind of chase after him. You're like, oh, I can go over here. And then you have a whole other area. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But the, the weather station thing made no sense. <laughs> it's just like, she's there. The, the weather station lady's there. And then she's just gone. And you don't know if you've had a hallucination or not. Gameplay, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) Honestly, I spent eight hours in this game. I think like five hours of that was me walking around having no idea what to do. Because, again, if you... 
if you don't know, I mean, it makes sense if you don't know the puzzle, you need to figure it out. It's, it's funny because once you get going, you realize how ridiculous some of the stuff is. So, like, you kind of factor that in. But in the beginning, you're just, you're thinking too logically. And you're running all over the place looking for these logical pieces of the puzzle. Well, not even that. It's, I, along with that, you have bits of the game that doesn't unlock unless you talk to a very specific person at a very specific time. So like it comes to the point where if you don't know where to go next, you're just walking around clicking on every item that's clickable, talking to every person that's talkable and trying to find anything to get you to progress at all. And that was literally the majority of my game. That was me in the very beginning trying to find the second coaster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I was sitting on the floor. I didn't oh, know. Oh, it was no, the beer. I had to order the beer. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> like looking in all the rooms for a coaster. <laughs> it really is just walking around, clicking on anything that I mean, you can possibly that's click what on. The type of gameplay is. Like, yeah. It's just. But <laughs> I. this isn't the first time I've played a game like this. I've played a few others. And most of the time, it makes sense. Like. You you walk somewhere and you're you're met with a roadblock of some kind and a puzzle of some kind. And then you inspect the puzzle, you inspect the roadblock, and you're given clues as to what you need. And then you backtrack and find those items. This game doesn't work that way. This game is just like everything is a roadblock and everything is an item. Just hopefully you and get the right com- and hopefully you get the right combination. <laughs> yeah. Like that's really it. Either skill wise, I'd say you have you have to have zero skill. Like you don't need any skill to play this game. It's just a matter of being having enough patience to get to the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, multiple times I I was I was sighing and frustrated just because I don't have any idea what to do next. Like literally the, and it's not even hard. Like the only puzzle that, the only puzzle that was minutely hard was the puzzle with the big door before you go into the, um, the science lab. Yeah. And you have to. But like, that was a good challenge puzzle. I know. I know. It made sense. Yes. Like they gave you enough clues they gave you enough information to for you to figure it out on your own. You didn't have to look it up. And what it was was this big door and you had the door had five lights on it. And as you inspect this big wall that the door is on, you find hieroglyphs of different time eras. And as you illuminate those hieroglyphs, they um they interact with the door. And when you find all five, the, all the five lights on the door light up. And if you do it in the right order, the door opens up. If you don't, the lights turn red and then you got to find them all again. Well, what you have to do is you have to illuminate the, the glyphs on the wall in the right time era. So like there was um, like caveman paintings and there was Egyptian hieroglyphs and there was um latin writing and there was uh like runic signs and there was graffito or something <laughs> yeah so like you had to illuminate them in the right order of time period that they would have existed and when you get them in the right order the door opens up and you feel good about it like Mm. that's a good that's how you're supposed to do your puzzles not you know oh you need you need two coasters (laughs) you need two garbage cans now like it's just silly 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 (laughs) so what about music i gave it an eight out of ten i gave it a seven like the voice acting i thought was fairly well done it was okay it was a little awkward at sometimes yeah, but it wasn't like overly awkward. No. It just I think Hans was really good. Yeah. His voice actor was really really well done. Um Gretchen was a little over the top, especially when she goes crazy. Like when when she's just talking, she seems pretty normal and it's nice and but like she has one awkward scream where she p- falls through the portal. <laughs> and like you would think that it would be like ah 
No, it's like, ah! You're just sitting there screaming for like a half a minute, and it's super weird. It's super weird. The the little girl. The little girl. She sounded like an old lady. Oh, she didn't she? sound like yeah. a little girl. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was just an accent thing. I felt like or, that was really weird. Yeah. I liked her, though. She yeah. she, was she was fun to interact with. Yeah, she was interesting. Um, there was a lot of good sound effects in the game. Uh, going back to being able to click on everything, everything kind of had... When something was there to interact with, it would make the appropriate sounds. Like, again, the, the crow's falling and landing on stuff had good noise associated with that the um you know when you're on the boat and you gotta or the the paddle boat and you gotta cross the lake you just you know everything had a sound the footprints had a good sound it it sounded good like overall the ambient noise right was pretty good exactly like all the all the different sets had their ambient noise in the background you know the the birds or the trees rustling or whatever and when there was the uh, the parade or the um, the festival the in festival, town, yeah. there was like you could hear people in the background like murmuring, yeah, talking, yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of music, but what little bit of music there was, I feel like added to the atmosphere of the game. This like mysterious, spooky, almost yeah. you know, yeah. what's gonna happen next? <laughs> um. I uh I enjoyed the concert. Oh yeah, that's I, true. I really enjoyed the musician and his voice. I don't know. It, it It was almost like a theme song to the game and it was like this dreary I I unless you listen to it you would, wouldn't have any idea what we're talking about. It's just a it's like a real moody it just song. Sounds, it sounds like a sad Johnny Cash song. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I liked the fact that you can like choose lyrics. Yeah, that's true. When in the festival when you're listening to them. Yep. That was kind of fun. Yeah, there's a story aside, there's a lot of things that you can there's a lot of things that you do that has no no relevance to the story like the festival that really the majority of what those things had to do with was to complete the puzzles that you're working on like like the the musician Mm -hmm. like you you had to get him drunk in order for him to play his music (laughs) i don't even know what did you get for doing that i don't even remember I don't I have I have no idea. I just remember you had to get you had to get the the beer in order for him to play his song. I don't know. What's the transition there? I have no idea. Afterwards he like vanishes. I I don't know. Maybe it's something that unlocks the um the oh do you is that when you get drunk afterwards? And then you wake up like wasted at the bus Maybe. stop, and then you have access to the uh, to the weather station. So it's something like that, I think. But what's the what's the point where you like you like touch the goo and you wake up at? Don't you wake up at the bus stop like glowing with the goo? No, is that just a difference? That, I think that's a different thing because oh. you the goo is the the star that fell right in the swamp. You go to the swamp and you inspect the like fallen meteorite, and then you're like glowing. Yeah, and then you take your glowing self to uh to that wilderness lady up at the top, or maybe she's in the woods or something, and she's like, "Oh, you don't look very good. Here, take some meds." Oh, <laughs> and then she gives you the, the medicine that you use to to win the trophy with the the sludgehammer game. <laughs> <laughs> she's ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, okay, the sledgehammer. So the, you know those games in the festivals where it's like the strong arm. You you have the like mallet, and you gotta hit the mallet to hit the to ring the bell, right? So they have this game in there and normal Hans isn't strong enough to ring the bell. But if you ring the bell, you get a a metal cup and you need this metal cup to do things. 
you were telling me that your solution was to find the like big well, burly well, woman. Well, I found the big burly strong woman yeah. that's up by the cable car. I'm like, well, surely I have to convince her to do this for me because she's big and strong. <laughs> no, that's not the case at all. No, instead you have to get you have to get steroids from that big burly <laughs> woman, and you take the steroids, and then you're strong enough to hit the mallet and and ring the bell and win the prize. <laughs> just like what why also another another stupid aspect to this another silly, weird aspect silly. to this game um you give that woman the boots and she gives you something in return i don't remember what it is it's oh the cigar i think it was the cigar leaves or whatever but um you go up and you give her the boots and at some point she says oh i accidentally dropped the boots <laughs> like what <laughs> but then like you see her again later and, and you ask her how how are those boots holding up and she's like oh i'm getting around just fine like what i d why <laughs> what is that a mistranslation or what like i have no idea i have no clue uh, so I mean, a lot of that had nothing to do with music, I was but we're getting off topic here. <laughs> but um, I guess this is a good segue for the overall segment. Yeah, how yeah. you feel about the game overall? Um, I gave it a seven out of ten. Me too. Like, aside from the gameplay, I feel like it was a decent game. Yeah. But the gameplay holds so much weight that it's like not that good of a game <laughs> because obviously if the gameplay isn't good, you're not going to want to play it again. I don't know. I think it's I think it's worth playing because it is so pretty. Like I appreciate how they made the game. It's they, pretty and it's weird. And if it, you like those you know, weird it's a, games. It's a different if it's, it's a different style and I appreciate that and the work that they put into that. The gameplay isn't the greatest. <laughs> yeah. And the story is kind of lacking, but overall, I, like, I enjoyed my playthrough of it. I... <laughs> <sighs> I don't know if I would have played this game had you not played it through. If we'd have just bought the game and I threw it into, like, oh, hey, let's see what this is like... I probably would have gotten like an hour and a half in and oh I'd been like, this is, this it's so hard to get around. It's like the, the puzzles are so convoluted that it's like, why am I doing this? So it just, it discourages you from wanting to play. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very pretty. And there is a sense of mystery. Like once you get into the game and. I think once you get to the point where you've fallen into the like weird sanitarium place, you're then it's in. like. Yeah, you have to figure what out what the heck is going on. on. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, the weird sanitarium place has nothing to do with the rest of the game. <laughs> so, like, it's like that happens, and then they let you leave, and you're just like, well, that was weird, and then you leave and continue on. <laughs> it just makes no sense. It, seriously, when you wake up in the, in the sanitarium, it's like this grungy, gross medical room. Is it a sanitarium? Like, is it officially a sanitarium? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you, when you walk outside, you know, the, like, um, the, uh, the entryway, yeah. it has, like, a sanitarium, oh. like, logo. Logo, yeah. But also the people in town say that that place used to be a sanitarium, but now it's a facility for something else or they, they kind of talk about it in the town too, though. Again, it's not like it gives you a whole lot of insight to what exactly is going on right. there and why you were there to begin with. <laughs> no idea. No idea. But yeah, like when you first wake up there, it's like this weird, you're in this grungy hospital room and then you're greeted by this like crazy doctor and you're like, what the heck is going on? Like, it's almost scary because it's so like grungy and gross. And then it's like, it goes nowhere. Like Hans isn't tortured. He's not in any real danger. He's just like locked in a room, asked a bunch of questions and then you can just leave and that's <laughs> it. It's just weird, really weird. So, I gave it a 36 out of 50. My total was 32. So, that gives us a 68 out of 100, or a 6.8 out of 10. Which, I mean, a 6 out of 10 is better than 
<laughs> it's better than we've we've played worse games. We'll say that. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's it's not terrible. It's it's a it's a genre that is easily dying. Like you don't see too many games that are this point and click adventure anymore. So from that perspective, it's fun to play just to have that nostalgia. If you grew up with those kinds of games like Zork or that's the only game that comes to mind for me <laughs> is Zork. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad I played it. I'm glad it's over. It's a weird, it's a fun talking point <laughs> for sure. Like I'm sure a lot of people haven't played this game at all, but if you have, I, you know, you know what we're talking about. It's, it's weird. It's, it's different. Fun to play something different. Sure. Then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and indie games are definitely the way to go yeah. <laughs> because indie games, they have no restraints that the big titles do. Like if nobody likes the game, yeah, oh, well, you know, it was just an indie, you know, a little, little side project. More than a side project, I'm sure for them. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Although they, they had the Kickstarter. So, I mean, if they made it through the Kickstarter, then, I mean, they already made their money basically. But it was good enough to have a physical release of it, too. Yeah. So that's interesting in itself. So, I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm I got, curious what other people thought of this game. It came with a little, little booklet, too, which was wow. really cute. Yeah, games don't have that anymore. <laughs> games, games don't have the freaking uh, instruction manual anymore. Whatever. I don't even know. Was it an instruction manual? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look at it. Maybe there's more story in there. Ooh. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um Well, I guess I guess one we'll here for this time. Um our next podcast episode right now looks like it's going to be um the Yuffie Final Fantasy 7 the Yuffie mission or whatever they're calling it. That's weird. That's weird. It's weird that you guys are doing that for a full podcast. Yeah, it is. Um, I think the biggest reason is because it really is like an eight-hour addition to the game. So we're treating it as its own... It, because it's its own story and it's not really a continuation of Final Fantasy VII, the remake Final Fantasy VII, we're treating it as its own game and its own... Thing. I mean, really, you have to pay to get this yeah, extension anyway, true. so it's it really is its so own. So, does thing. that mean we'll eventually get to review Animal Crossing's DLC? <laughs> of course, why not? <laughs> that that is coming out real soon. Yeah, couple next, couple days next week. Yeah, this week. This week, yeah. That'd oh, be fun. Man. Yeah, for me. For you. <laughs> You and Kaylee can re- you and Kaylee can <laughs> review that. That's fine with me. I'm not gonna sit and play it again. I don't need to. I've seen you play enough. All right, guys, we are gonna end here this for today. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out and listening to this podcast episode. Uh, Lori, thank you so much for playing this game with me. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.